The Blue Raiders play here. WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. Hey, we've warmed a degree. Now 47 degrees in Auburn, Alabama. The wind has shifted slightly out of the southeast, but relatively calm. Three miles per hour, and that's going to be blowing somewhat out towards right center. Sunshine galore and no threat of rain at all here in the loveliest village on the plains at Plainsman Park on the campus of Auburn University. Uh, a lot of wind yesterday that has changed considerably. So we're going to play two here on a Sunday in Middle Tennessee here in the middle game of the series can clinch after winning 10 to 8 on Friday night. We'll introduce you to the umpires after we pause for station identification. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. The flagship station for Blue Raider Sports. News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Blue Raiders play here. Lightning's locker room powered by textbook brokers is the place to get your Blue Raider gear. See the selection online at mtsugear.com or at their Greenland Drive location, Lightning's Locker Room, the official game day provider powered by textbook brokers. J.D. Byers behind the plate and the skippers are just making their way back to the dugout. Middle Tennessee is in the dugout to our right, first base side, Auburn the home team to our left. Our umpires, four-man crew on the turf today, Eric Gauthier, Brian Hell, Dexter Kelly, C.J. Burdett, who got bummed up twice behind the plate Friday night. He had a couple of scares. He's going to be over third base. The Auburn uniforms, as they come and congregate, getting ready for their starting lineup introductions, will be wearing the orange jerseys. The War Eagle blue numbers trimmed in the white with the Auburn logo on the back of the jersey just below their neck. And across the front, stenciled in a cursive script, Auburn in blue, underlined with the pinstripe pants, white, and the blue pinstripe during the blue hat with the Auburn logo on the front. To the right, taking a look, Middle Tennessee, they're in the black jerseys. And similar in the cursive style script, Raiders in white, the white numbers. Pinstripe pants like Friday night, it's the white with the dark pinstripe up and down. It's the camo hat today for Middle Tennessee. And across the front is that Middle Tennessee baseball logo incorporated by Old Glory itself. Middle Tennessee to our right, scout on the Auburn pitcher. We're gonna see Joseph Gonzalez, six foot four sophomore righty from Puerto Rico. The Auburn ERA, 210. Got bummed up a little bit, though, when Middle Tennessee got those bats going against him Friday night, including a ton of extra base hits. So here's a look at Gonzalez. 2-0 record, a 1-8-4 ERA. Fourth straight start, 14 and two-thirds on the season for the righty. He's 15 hits, three runs, all earned. 15 strikeouts, four walks. Uh, batters are hitting 283 on him, though. He's throwing strikes. A double, a triple. He's kept everything in the park so far. Nothing too wild. One hit by a pitch, one wild pitch. Here's uh, what he did last time out, then we'll tell you what he's got. He tossed game one against Rhode Island last weekend. It was six and two-thirds in the start. Auburn won the game 16 to nothing. So a quality start there, eight strikeouts, the one walk, face 26. They left the game on 89 pitches. Here's what he's got. Natural sink. It looks very effortless. We're watching him warm up. He just looks so economical on the way he winds and deals. Step back, and again, he is a tall kid at six foot four. Well, that didn't look too economical. That was wild and nowhere near the catcher. 92-93 with a slider. If we uh, get to the seven-inning game two, expect to see Wright, who could eat up some innings with a 94-mile-per-hour fastball and a very nasty curve. So that could be their game three pitcher. 
It's going to be Middle Tennessee at the plate first, and today Jim Toman's order, as we told you the starting lineups earlier, it's going to be six right-handed hitters, three in the lefty side, hitting 244 as a team, 11 home runs, belted one out of this park, out to right center Friday night. On base percentage is 329, and Jim Toman would like to get that ratio of Ks to walks tightened up a bit. 140 have gone down on strikeout with 40 walks on the season. Eric Swan is going to go to the mound first at the bottom of this inning for Middle Tennessee with a 6.06 ERA, 0-1 record. It will be his fourth start, sixth appearance. Coming up and getting ready is Fausto Lopez, who, by the way, stole his first base of the season Friday night. And here's the stolen base numbers in 16 of 21, including two stolen bases Friday night for the Blue Raiders in that win, 10 to 8. Auburn did not attempt or steal a base Friday night. They are 14 of 19. Ready to get underway under sunshine and blue skies. J.D. Byers filling in for Chip Walters, Bob Jamison. Catcher sinks low, one leg kicked out to the right, and his slider is underneath as we're underway, ball one. Brooklyn, New York native, Fausto Lopez, hitting 314 on the season. Dealing. Inside and again underneath the strike zone of Lopez, who's giving you a shorter, lower strike zone than most. He's only five foot eight. Catcher leans inside half. Here's the pitch. Gonzalez popped that one across. Two starts to go. He got ripped. Last weekend, though, this guy looked really, really sharp. As we mentioned, it was Auburn winning, but it was against Rhode Island. I think he may have just called for some medical help. Joseph Gonzalez on three pitches has just called his coaching staff, medical staff, and Tim Hudson, the pitching coach. Yeah, that Tim Hudson, by the way, if you didn't listen to Friday night, that's Tim Hudson, the longtime big leaguer who spent 17 years in the big leagues, is the Auburn pitching coach, coming back to his alma mater, where he recently graduated as well and got his degree. That's not good. Taking a look through our uh, binoculars. No one's really looking at any certain part of his body. The bullpen has Braden Jones warming up rather quickly. I'm sorry, wrong, uh, wrong chart. It's Tommy Sheehan. Tommy Sheehan, the grad transfer lefty from Notre Dame, who was going to be... The game one ace transfer, and in the first game of the year against Oklahoma, had way too many pitches in the first and was about a year out of Tommy John. Well, he's going to stay in and gets one in for a strike. So there's a rather lengthy meeting out on the mound. It's kind of a scary moment. You don't want to see that happen to any athlete. Walks him 3-1, leaks inside. First walk of the day for Gonzalez, and to get the game underway, Fausto Lopez is on base, earning his 10th walk of the season. JT Mabry went one for five Friday night. Junior second baseman for the Blue Raiders.
Inside half, umpire gave it to him. Nothing at one on Mabry. Almost a wild pitch. Runner goes back. Lopez thought about leaving the bag. Wyatt, the senior catcher for Auburn, had to lean over in the right side batter's box. Almost the second wild pitch of the season for Gonzalez. No score. Top of the first. Runner at first for the Blue Raiders. 1-1 the count here to JT Mabry. Left side. Belted at third. 5-4. Three, double play, bases empty, two gone. Blue Raiders turn two double plays Friday night, and that time grounds into one. Brett Coker now up, who shares the team lead, eight RBIs, but was hitless against Auburn Friday night. Mason Spears up on deck, batting cleanup. Batted sixth Friday night, so it's Roddy Roddy. Swing and a miss upstairs. He said he would not show breaking ball, and that never really broke. It just hung up high at 76. And a fast swing, and the catcher's going to go all the way out to the other side half. The 0-1 Coker. Pitch came inside, though, for a strike. Nothing in two. Fausto Lopez led with a walk, got caught up in a double play. Now it's bases empty. First base side of the rubber. Winding and dealing is Gonzalez. Tip foul will stay at 0-2. Joseph Gonzalez, the tall righty for Auburn. High knee kick. High foul, blooping. That's in foul territory. And despite the sun, a nice grab over there by Cam Hill, the Auburn first baseman. No hits, no runs, nobody left on. No errors. And scoreless as we go to the bottom of the first here in Auburn. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. Hey, Blue Raider fans, this is Tim Page with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Are you on the fence about selling your home? Feel overwhelmed at the thought of purchasing a new home? Well, it's time to get moving. For professional, personal real estate services, give me a call today and put me to work for you. 615-896-5656, or you can reach me at ExitMurfreesboro.com. Let's go, Blue, and I'll see you at the game. Today's game is brought to you in part by proud partners of Blue Raider Athletics, Grannis & Associates, certified public accountants. They provide a full range of tax preparation, accounting, and bookkeeping services for both business and individual needs. That's Grannis & Associates. Give them a call at 615-895-1040 or visit Grannis & Associates online at gcpas.com. Chip Station for Blue Raider Sports, WGNS. Eric Swan 
taking the mound here for Middle Tennessee. No score. Final of the first. Game one of a doubleheader. Nine innings in the first game. Seven in the second. J.D. Byers in for Chip Walters. And the order one through four stays the same as Friday night for the Auburn Tigers. Blake Rambush hitting 362. Junior third baseman. He did not get a hit until his final A.B. in the eighth. Kaysen Howell tripled in the third. Then Ryan Dial about third. He had a big home run in the first inning, his third of the year. He has the most runs batted in with 20. Cleanup again will be Brooks Carlson from Mobile, Alabama, the senior. And he went over for his last four, single in the first frame, a three-run inning for Auburn. Auburn never led Friday night. Middle Tennessee took that game 10-8. Eric Swan, 6'6", sophomore, Roddy from Murfreesboro. Hometown kid who played at Oakland High School. 6.06 earned run average, 0-1 record. This is the sixth appearance for a start for Swan. Against South Alabama last weekend, a lot of runs, but not many earned. It was all those errors that cost Middle Tennessee in that 16-3 loss in Mobile. He tossed four and two-thirds, six hits, only five earned runs, two walks, and one strikeout. Pitch to contact. Uh, against 28 batters, 91 pitches. There were seven fly balls, six ground outs against the Jaguars. That one's off the plate. 1-0 now on the righty Rambush. Righty to righty. That's on the plate. 1-1 called strike. Pulled it outside. Kind of a rangy kid is Swan. He's very tall, lean, but he gets a whole lot of velocity in that big circular arm motion. Love the blue glove. He'll wind and deal, strike, check swing, but it was over the plate outside half from the righty. Auburn with the six right-handers, two lefties, and a switch hitter who's Cole Foster in the seven hole. 2-2 outside and rolls back to the backstop. We told you Friday night, if you missed the broadcast, there is not a ton of room between home plate and the backstop at Auburn, and it's padded, so a hard pitch that gets totally away would bounce really hard and get back to that AU-Auburn logo behind the circle. High foul straight back over the press tower. And a full count. Foul territory all the way down to the poles behind home plate around first and third are all artificial. As you move inside the baselines, it's natural grass and the dirt. The circle itself is dirt. Hard hit up the middle, base hit. Both teams with their lead off aboard as Blake Rambush takes one right back where it came from for his 50, I'm sorry, his 22nd hit in his 59th at bat. Kaysen Howell, third plate appearance Friday night was a triple. I'll recap that triple. It wasn't like he just killed it. It was more of an outfield miscommunication on a deep fly ball between center and left field by Middle Tennessee. Change up inside and a strike. Nice first offering to change the progression for Swan. And it's nothing in one to another righty, Auburn's Kaysen Howell. That ball gets away. 
One base already, thinking about going to third, track down behind, and Spears finally getting there. So now a runner at second, no outs. Rambush in scoring position for the Tigers. No score yet, bottle the first here in Auburn, Alabama. The shortstop backing up Lopez, pitch on the way. That looked really good, but called outside. Spears trying to help frame that back in on the outside edge. Roddy to Roddy, your matchup. As we see Swan going from the stretch early. So leadoff single by Rambush. Swung on, fouled, and the count even at two apiece. Strides in. That's going to bloop over the second baseman. Out in right center. They'll put the brakes on at third. Runners on the corner. Still no outs for Auburn at the plate. Casey Howell picks up his first hit of game two. So he'll flare one out over Mabry, bringing up Ryan Dial, who homered Friday night. Spears will come out from his catcher position and signal the defense. Here, Eric Swan is going to face his first lefty of the afternoon. A run 90 feet away. Auburn threatening. Runners first and third. No outs in the first. Change up for a strike. High to the left and foul. So the first two to the plate for Auburn, a pair of singles, a wild pitch, meaning Rambus, who led the game, is now at third. Ryan Dial. A team best 20 ribbies is at the plate for the Tigers in a very pivotal moment early. Middle Tennessee did not tra trail at all Friday night in game one. Auburn trying to tie the series on a Sunday. Breaking ball high. 2-2. Swan in a bit of a jam. Blue glove, chest high, runner goes. Oh, and Lopez went towards the bag. And the ball went right back where he was standing. And it's an RBI single, and the runners replace. Hit and run was on. Lopez took a jump towards second before the ball came off the bat. And the ball went right back behind him. 
between the gap left side. And it's three straight hits to start the game for Auburn, and they lead 1-0. Brooks Carlson. Again, runners first and third for Middle Tennessee. Outside, ball one. Carlson, big right-hander. Transfer from Sanford. Kind of more compact as Swan. Working the stretch, pulls and releases from just behind his right ear. Trying to keep this shut down and limit, but it's going to be tough. Auburn with a runner at first and third, still with no outs. Here's the 1-1. Up and in, 2-1 with Swan behind. Mabry up a little bit at second. Double play depth and it's fouled back. That will even the count. Foul first base side and over the grandstands. Two balls, two strikes. Striker and infield pop would really help. Early in the game with no outs, Brooks Carlson. I know he's a cleanup hitter. Wondering if he may show bunt. He's going to foul that back, and that hits the fascia over the overhang. Just now stepping back in is the designated hitter, Brooks Carlson. Middle Tennessee trailing early, 1-0. And Auburn's in a threatening position again. Had a break. And the umpire says upstairs, and another full count facing Middle Tennessee's game two starter, Eric Swan. Batters came in hitting 254 on him, and they're three for three already. Runner goes. Upstairs anyway, a walk. And there's bases loaded, no outs for the Tigers. So Swan, who's already given up three hits, issues his first free pass, and here comes Bryson Ware, the junior right fielder. Middle Tennessee's pitching coach, Jerry Myers. First year of the program prior to Old Dominion is going to come out and bring the infield in as well for a pitching mound visit. Not the start Middle Tennessee was looking for. Came to the plate, did earn a leadoff walk. Looked pretty good, Fausto Lopez. But then he got caught up in the 5-4-3 double play when Mabry softly grounded one at third. Brett Coker popped fouled at first, and it was a three-up, three-down inning, essentially. Auburn comes to the plate against Swan, goes Rambush single, Howell a single flare to the right. Stolen base mixed in there, Ryan Dial, I'm sorry, a wild pitch base. Ryan Dial, RBI single at short, and then with Carlson walking, it's bases loaded. Auburn has all the banks covered with no outs. First frame, inside ball one. Umpire had to break up the conference.
strike located inside half underneath the grip of the Roddy Bryson Ware. Ware's a 319 hitter, slugging 532, and watches one in the dirt. Swan slider just underneath. Lead runner is Kaysen Howell at third base for the Tigers. He'll creep down the line, through the left side, that may score two. Now they'll put on the brakes, RBI single, and the bases stay loaded on a first inning Auburn hit parade, not good. And Cam Hill, the first baseman, now arrives. Two-nothing Auburn. And now the lefty. Cam Hill, six foot five. Sophomore from Bob Jones High School up in the Huntsville area, Madison, Alabama, now comes to the plate. Opens his stance, plays way back in the box, swing and a miss. Cam Hill began game one, two for two. Then struck out his last two times up, and the ninth got lifted for a pitch hitter. Chopped at first, that's fouled. And all the runners will go back to third, second, and first. Still no outs. Middle Tennessee needs them. The guy on deck, last at bat Friday night, was a three-run homer of the night. Middle Tennessee bullpen right now empty. Keeping an eye on it for you. Swan had some trouble early. He's given up two runs, both earned. Fouled, reaching. Cam Hill trying to put one in play off the far side of the plate. the air and foul left side no attempt Sanders gave chase for a moment and it faded well out of play the lower bowl seating all the way around reaches entirely to the foul pole the upper deck style grandstands up north of the concourse go just beyond each dugout dipped at it and down on strikes Eric Swan gets his first K now a double play would be great to keep this a 2-0 game. Brody Moore. Brody Moore reached four times Friday night. Now one was a fielder's choice, two singles and a three-run homer. Put it in play every time, including a deep fly ball to right in middle innings. This guy's swinging. High and foul to the right. Sent Oppo. He's a right-handed hitter. Brody Moore, also one of those guys hitting north of 300. There's a ton of them. 306. They started every game but one. 15 hits, 429 his slugging. He'll take downstairs. The count's one and one. A guy who has walked also more than he has struck out. Ten bases, seven Ks 
as he studies, ready for the 1-1 from Middle Tennessee Swan. Pulled it foul, and the score here, bottom of the first, 2-0 Auburn. Middle just now getting their first out of the first with a Cam Hill strikeout. First five up went single-single, RBI single walk, and an RBI single through the left side. Now working on the seventh guy to the plate. Here's the high kick. He'll go wind up, bases loaded, laid down right side, base hit. And another RBI single and still bases loaded for the Auburn Tigers, 3-0 Auburn. Now the switch hitter, Cole Foster, the Auburn second baseman. Pitch off the plate. Three earned runs already. Foul to the left. One ball, one strike. Foster, a 239 hitter. Now some bullpen action. Jack Julian, six foot four righty, going out of the Middle Tennessee bullpen. Rushing down there with a the catcher, they'll halt. Pitcher and catcher actually have to run through the warning alley and right to go into the protected bullpen just beyond the right field wall. Here's the pitch, Swan swung on and missed. And he's ahead of the tall switch hitter batting lefty Cole Foster, a ball and two strikes. 3-0 Auburn, and the Tigers still have bases loaded. One out. First inning for Plainsman Park. 42nd pitch, base hit right side. They're knocking him around. They'll just take the one run, put on the brakes, into the cutoff, who's the pitcher. Probably a good move. And Foster keeps the hit parade going. Another RBI single, 4-0 Tigers. And now the entire order has come to the plate the first. Wyatt did not play Friday night. He's the home run leader, five dingers. Two forty-one. He's from Laurel, Maryland. Catcher goes to the outside. It's up. Catcher lost it, kept it just near the outer back edge of the circle, and all the runners will stay put. And Blake Rambus, who began the inning with a leadoff single, has just come out on deck for Auburn. Strike taken, 1-1. Wyatt's on-base percentage higher than his batting average, 324. 
Only earning three walks against 13 strikeouts, though. Fouls it. Not really sure why he didn't start Friday night. They did have the midweek against Tennessee Tech up in Huntsville. He's only committed one error on the season. Little Tennessee's now at 28 errors. Including one Friday night. Did not factor. He's in the outfield. The pitch. Foul back. Still 1-2. Auburn leading 4-0. Bottom of the first. And Eric Swan with only one out via the strikeout to Cam Hill is coming up on 50 pitches. He's at 46 still in the first. Not the way he wanted his afternoon to go, and it's a doubleheader. umpire Eric Gaucher just had to come out and break up the conference. Catcher running out there to talk to Eric Swan, hopefully just to try to cool and give him a reset. It's been a really tough first inning. Four runs off, six hits, all singles. He's given up one walk, only out, a strikeout. Jake Wyatt still at the plate. Here's the wine, righty to righty, outside. Now it's two balls, two strikes. Double play would be great. It was Middle Tennessee, though, dealing the same thing Friday night, putting up a four spot in the first. But Auburn in position to keep this scoring going. Looking in for a sign, and now I think they're going to go pitching change. The signal probably from the bullpen is Jack Julian is ready to go. He's not a come out yet. Julian has walked near the door of the bullpen and right. I think to indicate I'm, I'm ready, I'm good. Hats on, glove in the right hand. And now they've just given the indication. The umpire says, come on in from the right hand. And Eric Swan leaves three runners on. Six hits, four runs and only a third of an inning. So Jack Julian, freshman from Hickson, Tennessee, will come back and give you his numbers. We have a pitching change in the first inning, way earlier than Jim Toman wanted it for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Auburn with a four nothing lead early. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. Hey, Blue Raider fans, this is Tim Page with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Are you on the fence about selling your home? Feel overwhelmed at the thought of purchasing a new home? Well, it's time to get moving. For professional, personal real estate services, give me a call today and put me to work for you. 615-896-5656, or you can reach me at exitmurfreesboro.com. Let's go, Blue, and I'll see you at the game. 
Nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity that could have changed your life. Maybe you're just graduating high school or are working and need to earn a degree to advance your career. Or you aspire to be a leader and a graduate degree can make that happen. Whether you're just starting out or retooling for the future, Middle Tennessee State University can help you get there. MTSU, the University of Opportunities. The Blue Raiders on News Radio WGNS. So a pitching change been battered. The count's going to be 2 2. Situation is Eric Swan has just left the game. Eric Swan, only a third of an inning, leaves three on for Jack Julian. Six hits, four runs. All earned, that never could change. One walk, one strikeout. As Julian continues to warm up. First Vision Bank is our proud partner of MTSU Athletics and the official strikeout partner this season. Don't strike out on your banking services. First Vision Bank providing more power to your business. And there was the Cam Hill strikeout, the only out recorded by Swan here in the first frame. Julian's numbers is a 9 ERA. This will be his fourth appearance. He did have two starts. Now comes out of the pen, and he's given up seven walks against only four strikeouts. Julian, six innings, seven hits, six runs, and they've all been earned against him. And batters have had success on Julian hitting 304. He's tacked on a wild pitch and a hit by pitch as well. And Jake Wyatt still at the plate. The guy who's driven in 10, and everybody's patting the numbers for Auburn here in the first. 4 nothing, Tigers with bases loaded. One gone. Julian looks in. Catcher goes inside. The slider's outside. Just slow ball. Uh, I'm sorry, it's ball one from Julian, but it's now a full count. So Swan, the righty starts. Julian, a righty out of the pin. Straight back. Soft pitch. Upper part of the zone. Three balls, two strikes. Working from the stretch, Julian. Toe on the middle of the pitching rubber. Foul, no attempt, no opportunity. That's... Going to go back over the first base grandstands. Actually rolls straight back down and comes to rest just behind home plate umpire Eric Gaucher. Bryson wears the lead runner for Auburn. He's at third. And nowhere to put Wyatt. Full count. Walked him. RBI walk makes it 5-0 Auburn. And back to the top of the order. Tenth batter 
to the plate for the Tigers in inning number one. So that now takes earned runs allowed by Swan in his game two weekend start to five. And runners second, third are still his. The walk to Julian. And here in the first now, Middle Tennessee pitchers have already walked a pair. Catcher is low. Pitch was inside, kind of looked three-finger change. Moved back inside against the right-hander. Five-nothing off six hits for Auburn. 373 hitter Rambus, who has number ticked up with that singled up the middle to begin the bottom half of this first inning. Down Broadway, no swing, 1-1. Kaysen Howell, senior six-footer from Argyle, Texas. Really has brought his average up. This guy's worked hard for Auburn. He was hitless for the first three games of the year. And a good eye. That very close to the strike zone, and he'll take two balls and a strike going ahead of Jack Julian. If you're in and out of the broadcast, Middle Tennessee has to go to the bullpen first inning. And we're still in the first frame. Swan only recording the one out before being lifted. Julian now strides in and almost hit the right-hander Rambush. It's not been errors. It's been hits, a pair of walks. And everything so far for Auburn have been by just moving it around with singles. Some flares, some ground balls, nothing extraordinary, but building a 5-0 lead here in the first. Spears leans outside, the pitch is in, but won't get the call. And the 3-2 misses for another walk. And now another run. 6-0 Auburn. Here comes Kaysen Howell. He flared a nice base hit in his first time up after tripling Friday night. Righty to righty, that was higher than the helmet. And Spears had to come leaping up out of his crouch to make that catch, which was even higher than the umpire's hit. One ball, no strikes. Still bases loaded for the Auburn Tigers. It's now Cole Foster, who singled out to right, drove in a run 90 feet away, and he's coming down the line with his shoulders squared at the pitcher. Sent fly ball out to right, backpedaling, making the grab, feet toe, tag at third, and there will be an RBI sack fly for Casey Howell, his first run bat at the end of the game, and it's 7-0 Auburn in the first. Ryan Dial, very dangerous. 20 ribbies. He had the two-run homer in the first inning, part of the three-run first Friday night. And he had an RBI single at shortstop back of the first. Would have been an out 
Lopez saw the hit run on, and he left his shortstop position, went towards second, and the ball was hit right where his feet were. That kind of stuff happens. Here's Mabry. Squares one up. Base hit. I'm sorry. Ground ball at second for the 4-3. Put out, and the inning's finally over. 12 come to the home plate for Hobart. They score seven runs off six hits, leave two on. There's no errors. We'll finally get to second, and it's Auburn leading by a score of 7 nothing here in game two of the weekend. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. Nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity that could have changed your life. Maybe you're just graduating high school or are working and need to earn a degree to advance your career. Or you aspire to be a leader, and a graduate degree can make that happen. Whether you're just starting out or retooling for the future, Middle Tennessee State University can help you get there. MTSU, the University of Opportunities. The Murfreesboro Post is Rutherford County's sports leader. No one covers high school sports like the Post. Now you can receive the Murfreesboro Post delivered by mail each week to your home for only $20 a year. Sign up at MurfreesboroPost.com and click subscribe and we will get your delivery of the Murfreesboro Post started. That's MurfreesboroPost.com for delivery of the Murfreesboro Post. on News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. Totally understandable move here is Butch Thompson and the Auburn head coach is going to make a pitching change after one because it was a fairly long bottom of the first. Joseph Gonzalez warmed up. The sophomore righty from Puerto Rico with a 2-0 record and a 184 ERA. Only face three, 12 pitches, one walk, no strikeouts, and pitched the first, but it was Gonzalez calling for his pitching coach, head coach, and the medical staff to come out and talk with him in the first. Something wasn't right. He continued, got a double play and a pop foul at first by Coker and stayed in to complete the inning, but now it's going to be Sheehan coming into the game for Auburn. Sheehan a fourth appearance today and actually has two starts. The 129 ERA and does have a save. Gave you some of his story earlier. His is uh, the statistical look. Batters are hitting sub 100 on him through seven innings. The two hits, only one run, it was earned. But he's walked five. Five walks, seven strikeouts with two wild pitches. Tommy Sheehan is the grad transfer who had a good career at Notre Dame before an injury. Required Tommy John, which was a surgery before and getting to Auburn and after his transfer, and began the game at Oklahoma, but he had a really high pitch count. It was tough to get out of that game. In came Jordan Armstrong, who was really good for the Auburn Tigers, and then they kind of used Sheehan as more of a late-inning closer to keep his pitch count down because of the arm injury. He'll wind and deal here. Base hit through the left side. There they go, Mason Spears. Leads off the second with the first Middle Tennessee hit of the game despite trailing seven to nothing. Nathan Sanders moves to the five hole from the eight. And he almost hit for the cycle Friday night in the stadium. 
The senior had a single double home run, three for four, and has now driven in eight on the season. Lefty to lefty as Sheehan looks in. Six righties, three lefties for Middle Tennessee here in the middle game of the weekend. Cutting fastball is way outside. Sheehan, who began at Notre Dame, is from New Jersey originally. Out of the stretch. It's a nice-looking sinker. He brings that arm slot down, goes fastball, and then it just has a nice little drop right at the end, called on the inside. Good pitch to lay off of your Sanders. Tough to square that up, put it in the right spot. Double play depth now for Auburn at second and short. Third is way inside the bag, swing and a miss. And middle Sanders is behind a ball and two strikes. Catcher leans outside. Pitch comes his way, but low. 2 2 and a very good eye for Sanders. Leadoff single, Spears for middle. He's at first. Spears has not tried a stolen base, by the way. Cut high to the left. Two stolen bases Friday for middle, though, so he could go. Foster Lopez, in fact, picked up his first stolen base of the season in that 10-8 win Friday night. Sanders fouls that off high to the left. Out of the park. Middle Tennessee put a, uh, allows a crooked number in the first, trailing 7-0. Deep fly ball hit out towards... Howell in center, and he'll make the grab for the first out, and Spears stays tucked in at first. Here comes Bryson Thomas, two for four Friday night, including a three RBI double. Thomas began the night two for two, a single and a double in innings one and two, and then went 0 for two, including a strikeout. And the big first baseman showed Auburn why he should be respected. Don't hang anything you don't want to see out of the park. Deep fly right foul. That will fade and cut in opposite direction from the right-hander. Jim Toman, fourth year. He's now 53-86-1. Butch Thompson, seventh year at Auburn. We'll look at your coaches. Here's the kick. Of the waste, 1-1. 1-1-1 out, Middle Tennessee. Runner at first. Trailing 7-0. The lefty with his back left heel on the third base side of the rubber. Plants, fires, cutter inside. And the strike, it's 1-2. Thomas looks like he just wants to put it in play. He has choked way up on the bat. Now the hand slides down a bit. His pitch is taken high. Two of each. Middle in the black jerseys over the white with pinstripe pants, camo hats. Auburn in the orange over the white, also pinstripe on the slacks. 
Second and short shallow. Look out on deck. Jackson Galloway. Out getting a few swings in. Almost took one friendly firestyle. It's a doubleheader Sunday. Second game scheduled to go seven. But this first inning went forever. The catcher, Wyatt, for Auburn, leans outside, reaching, poking it out towards right. Coming up and making the grab, Bryson Ware for the second out. A little too much on it. Thomas trying to flare one out oppo, and there's two gone runner at first for Jackson Galloway. The designated hitter for middle will bat in seven hole. Galloway hitting 259. 250 with runners on. Seven hits, two have gone for doubles. Foul territory and will get into the concourse. Biddle took game one, would have a very tough time to clinch here in game two of the weekend. Biddle wins 10-8 and controlled the hitting until late innings. Auburn eventually out hits Middle Tennessee 13-10 and Middle wins by two. Middle led most of the game though, 10-5. Tapped over towards second, moving towards first. Foster for the 4-3 put out. A leadoff single went nowhere. Spears one hit, no runs. Nobody left on. Spears never moved as Galloway will ground out to the right side. No errors as we move to the bottom of the second. Auburn bringing four, five, and six to the plate when we return. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. Las Casas Drugs is a proud sponsor of Blue Raider Athletics, located at 4702 Las Casas Pike, just minutes from Murfreesboro. Las Casas Drugs strives to provide all of your pharmaceutical needs in that hometown atmosphere you deserve. Family-owned and operated, Las Casas Drugs offers free delivery, immunizations, drive through window, gift shop, merchandise, and medication management programs. Come by and see how we can make a difference. And go Blue Raiders! Middle Tennessee Electric proudly supports the MTSU Blue Raiders. And we're proud to power the scoreboard lights at Reese Smith Jr. Field. When it comes to the electric service in the community, you can always trust MTE to do what's best for our members. We serve by providing affordable, reliable, safe electricity and outstanding member service. Here at MTE, we serve to make life better for our members and their communities. Visit www.mtemc.com to learn more. And that scoreboard, light it up, Blue Raiders. The Blue Raiders play here. News Radio WGNS. Welcome back, everybody. It's Jack Julian back out on the mound. He had to come in mid-batter in the first, which was a really tumultuous inning for Middle Tennessee. Gave up seven runs off six hits to Auburn. Eric Swan only lasted one-third of an inning. And if you're scoring, Swan left the game, giving up the six hits, but then some walks. 
So moving from four runs while in, three scored, he left bases loaded, so he gave up seven runs all earned, one walk, one strikeout. And a hit batter on the arm will put the leadoff Brooks Carlson on base. He walked and scored in the first, and he's on base again on a hit-by-pitch. Here comes Bryson Ware. Drove in a run on a single through the left side. First time up for the Tigers. Second baseman Mabry a bit shallow. Foul back. And it will be 0-1. Julian the righty working on righty Bryson Ware. Ware from Madison, Mississippi. Runner goes. Here's the throw down. Got him in time. Stolen base attempt. Brooks Carlson won't get there. And now 14-20 on the season is Auburn. On a good throw by Spears from Middle Tennessee. So now instead of a runner on no outs, base is empty, one out. And we're looking at a 1-1 count. Takes upstairs. Against Troy, first inning of game one, which is the home opener for Auburn. Bryson Ware, grand slam. Has six or more RBIs in a game twice this season. And he's one for one in this game. Swing and a miss, upstairs fastball. Ware went two for three Friday night, scored twice, didn't drive anybody in and walked twice against middle in game one. Pitches fouled straight back, will stay at 2-2. Sending Carlson, the DH cleanup hitter on the stolen base, was the first attempt by Auburn in the series. Righty up, lefty on deck for Auburn, and it's down and away, full count. Auburn in day games this year, 6-2. and two. In fact, Friday night was their first night loss in any game starting after 6 o'clock this season. Pulled high and drawing foul out of the park. The only losses this year. February 18th, the season opener on the road, neutral site in Texas to Oklahoma, 3-0 a day game. And then there was the Saturday, February 26th, day game loss in 10 innings against Yale, 5-4. Yale in that win, avoid being swept by Auburn here at Plainsman Park. Here's the kick. Oh, my, that hurt. You probably heard it. Turning away from it was Ware, and he took it right on the back of the left shoulder. Julian has hit the first two guys he's faced in the inning. Pitching coach comes out. He told the catcher to stay back. And I think he just told the infielders, you can go back too. I want this to be one-on-one. -on -one. Out to 
Nobody up and throwing in the Middle Tennessee bullpen. The conference was rather quick. And now wrenching the ball in both hands is Jack Julian with the glove tucked underneath his right arm. He'll now come set, getting ready to face lefty Cam Hill, who was Eric Swan's only out. Eric Swan was the first Vision Bank strikeout back in the first inning. Runner at first one out for Auburn. They lead middle 7-0. We're in the bottom of the second. Pitch on the way, and it's called a strike. Big difference. Swan in his start. We were watching pitch clock. Uh, I'm sorry. The uh, pitching gun as it registered on the outfield. He had touched 99 on a radar gun at Myrtle Beach and at South Alabama, 97. But never really ramped it up in his start today. Gave up seven earned runs off six hits, only lasted to the third. Julian in for middle. The count's 1-1. Yeah, swing and a miss. One, two. Way back in the box, open stance. That open stance pays off. It's going out towards left, but doesn't get away from Sanders, who tracks it near the foul line. He comes a long way. Second out of the frame. Still a runner at first for Auburn. Here comes Brody Moore, RBI single to right first time up. He does a good job spraying as well. Takes one oppo. He had a three-run homer of the night Friday night. And Moore stays put in that seven hole for game two. Strike taken on the inside half. Outside, looking back at first. Taking a jump over there was Bryson Ware. On board, hit by a pitch. Jack Julian, who came in and faced the final three, but walked two in the second. Hit the first two of inning number two. Julian from the stretch. Down the middle, one-two. First all-time meeting. Middles won the last two before Friday night. The last meeting was way back in 2013. Middle won that one against Auburn 2-1. Swing and a miss to end the inning. Julian gets his first strike out of the game. Faces four, leaves the runner on. No hits, no runs, nobody left on, and no errors. We've played two, but it's Middle Tennessee trailing 7-0. The Blue Raiders, Jared Vitato will lead off 8-9-1 to up when we return. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. At Ascension St. Thomas, care is more than a word. 
care is serving our patients, standing with them in times of need, and showing compassion when they're at their most vulnerable. Care is listening and delivering personalized plans from a team of specialists, providing leading-edge treatments at every step. At Ascension St. Thomas, care is more than a word. It's our calling. Make your next appointment at GetSTHealthCare.com. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. News Radio WGNS, the flagship station for Blue Raider Sports. Here at Auburn, it is 7-0 as we go to the third. Auburn leading Middle Tennessee. A Daily News Journal scoreboard update after we pause for station identification. The Blue Raider Network from Learfield. The flagship station for Blue Raider Sports. News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Blue Raiders play here. Scores are presented by Daily News Journal. Read all about the Blue Raider sports in Daily News Journal. The DNJ is in Rutherford County's first source for news, sports, and much more. Florida Atlantic up 10-1 on Sacred Heart, top of the seventh. They got started early. Charlotte leads 6-2 on App State. First pitch from Tommy Sheehan, the lefty, just outside against Jared Vitato. Moves from the five down to the eight. His first plate appearance. Two balls, no strikes. He's ahead. Vitato has reached in five of six games in his first collegiate season, the freshman. Catcher leans outside, and the umpire says slider did not get to the zone, and Vitato trying to make it six of seven in his first season to reach and earn a walk. He's walked nine times, and he's in double digits now. A four-pitch leadoff walk for Vitato, and it's the third straight inning that Middle Tennessee has the leadoff aboard, but no runs to show for it. Top of the third, 7-0. Auburn plating all seven in the first off six hits. Now Luke Vinson. Four on that scoreboard, it's Oklahoma 5, UTSA nothing. Oklahoma took game one in that game. Old Dominion's up 5-2 against Stony Brook in the third. That ball's hit straight away at center field, barely having to move his howl. Now he'll jog up a couple of paces. First out of the third, one gone with a runner at first for Middle Tennessee. And Foster Lopez, who walked and was left stranded in the first. First up number four, Foster Lopez. Western Kentucky, Illinois, going to play two today. I know uh, Middle Tennessee is impressed by, or sometimes concerned about the Western Kentucky scores. We'll keep you up to date on those. They're getting ready to go against the Illini. Yeah. 
right throw at first. Almost tagged him. It was a high throw, though, from the pitcher. Diving back underneath the throw is Vitato with his right arm stretched out. Underneath Auburn's Thomas uh, Hill, rather, at first base. Lopez, eight game on base streak. And has reached in 14 of 15 play. Walked back in the first. The Iron Man for the Blue Raiders has started all 85 games in his three-year career. Take a slider inside, and he's now ahead of Tommy Sheehan. And the catcher will come out and talk to the lefty transfer from Notre Dame. Two balls, no strikes. One out. Runner at first for middle, trailing 7 nothing. And you go back to that Friday game. Middle winning 10-8. That 10 runs put up on Auburn was the most since seven allowed by Alabama State, but in an Auburn win March 1st. So 10 runs allowed, most hands down, allowed by an Auburn Tiger team this season. It's the final non-conference tune-up for both of these programs. Auburn will host Ole Miss next weekend and Old Dominion coming in from Middle Tennessee. Another throw at first. Lopez hitting 314. Players one out high, foul to the right. Pitcher playing very slow. He had his glove down by his right thigh, just now coming set up by his Back left shoulder, the lefty delivers, and it's fouled again on a late swing by Lopez. Sent to the right side. Auburn's second baseman shortstop, all at double play depth. Ball hopped in. Nice stop over there by Hill. Cam Hill, that gets under his glove, and Vitato can scamper to second. Two balls, two strikes. High and out. Catcher gave a look at first, a little pump fake, throws it back out to the mound. We're ready to go again. Full count to Lopez. Left fielder's playing way back for Auburn. Dial. Chased it upstairs and a double play. Thrown back at first behind the base runner, Vitato, and the true freshman, a big mistake. Double play as Lopez strikes out, and Vitato out at first on a whale of a throw by Wyatt. So essentially a three-up, three-down inning. No hits, no runs, nobody left on, no errors. Three and a half, let's check that two and a half. Let's go to the bottom of the third when we return on the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. 
game is brought to you in part by proud partners of Blue Raider Athletics, Grannis & Associates, certified public accountants. They provide a full range of tax preparation, accounting, and bookkeeping services for both business and individual needs. That's Grannis & Associates. Give them a call at 615-895-1040 or visit Grannis & Associates online at gcpas.com. Got my nachos, got my big TV, and my favorite chair. It's game time. But you know the only thing that would make it a little better is if I could listen to my local broadcasters while watching the game. Oh, hello. You must have wished for your game to be synced with TV and radio. I sure did. Do you have a DVR? You bet. Do you have a streaming device? <laughs> yeah. Blammo. Your game is now synced. It's that easy. Oh, boy. To see if you can get synced, head to SyncMyGame.com from Learfield. SyncMyGame.com? SyncMyGame.com. You're listening to NTSU Sports on WGNS. J.D. Byers behind the plate in Auburn, Alabama. Feeling in for Bob Jamison and Chip Walters. Glad you're with us, but it's been a Auburn game, too. Tigers from the SEC about to get back in the win column after falling to Middle Tennessee 10-8. Friday night, no games on Saturday, two today. The game three of the weekend game two today will be a seven-inning game about 45 minutes after this one. Jack Julian back out there for middle. Grounded to the right side. Mabry between the ankles. Rises, fires, 4-3, put out. There's one gone. Bottom of the third, 7-0 Auburn with the lead, putting up seven in the first. Cole Foster will ground out the second for the Tigers. Here comes Jake Wyatt, who walked and brought in a run in the first. Eric Swan, the Middle Tennessee starter, gave up seven earned runs, three after he left the game, six hits, got credit for only a third, one strikeout and a walk. Julian fires inside and low. Downstairs again. Jalen Wirtz, six foot four righty for Middle Tennessee, is beginning to warm up. Freshman from Gallatin. Full line. Upstairs, fastball for the strike, 2 1. Julian hit two in the second, but he's tossed two scoreless. Two walks and a strikeout. Slider looked low, but we'll take that. Called strike. Julian goes to a 2-2 count against right-hander, nine-hole hitter, Wyant. We said he was the home run leader earlier. He's only got one. Backpedaling. Mabry over his glove. Tried to leap and get it. And it's been a really good spray directional hitting type day for these Auburn hitters. Wyatt Arati lays one down into shallow right field over the second baseman for a one-out single. Seventh hit of the game for Auburn, and they go back to the top of the order. Bottom of the third, it's already the third A.B. or plate appearance for Blake Rambush. It's the first hit, though, since back in the first. For Auburn. Now can Julian 
shut it down from here. Popped up. Infield. Drifting up is Lopez behind the mound. He'll make the grab on the grass. Second out. Here comes Kaysen Howell, who's two for two. Correction. He is one for one. For one. RBI on a sack fly in the first because he appeared twice. Now he's up for the third time. Through the left side. First pitch faced. Howell will take it between short and third for a single, pushing Wyatt now over to second base in scoring position with two gone. Ryan Dial, one for two in an RBI. Base hit single at short back in the first. And he was the 12th to the plate in the second, in the first rather, and granted a second. Middle Tennessee was glad to get the out, get out of that inning. It was a seven inning first. And we still stand at that seven nothing deficit for the Blue Raiders. Bottom of the third and a first pitch strike to the lefty Dial. Dial's hitting 444 with runners in scoring position. And better than his average with two outs, that number is 364. Dips low at it and lays it down in the gap right side. They'll wave in a run from second. The long throw cut off by the pitcher. And the second run batted in for Dial. He'll score Wyatt from second. Howell makes his way all the way around to third. And it's 8-0 Auburn here in the bottom of the third. Now Brooks Carlson, a walk hit by a pitch and caught stealing. That's the day so far for the DH out of Mobile, Alabama. It's just 188. Has not recorded a hit with two outs. Man, ninth hit already for Auburn. Roddy to Roddy, your matchup. Spears, the catcher, kind of leans back and over to the right, outside edge. That's a base hit inside the first baseman, rolling out to right, scoring one. Howell will scratch across for the ninth run. And now Dial had the big jump, and he's already around to third base. Carlson, an RBI single. After a quiet second by the Auburn Bats, they come right back alive in the bottom of the third. Middle Tennessee looked defensively to get out of the inning okay with a runner at first, two outs. And now a two-out rally for the Tigers. They're up 9-0 in game two at third. That's a base hit taken up the line. Rolling out to left field. One going the other way. It's going to be an RBI double and two in scoring position for Auburn. This two-out situation really paying off for the Tigers. Fifth hit of the third. First base number 16, Cam Hill. 
the pitcher who was warming up just came off the mound, and about the time he stepped off, I looked down at the Middle Tennessee dugout, and out comes the pitching coach for a pitching change, and that's going to be it for Julian. Cam Hill, 0 for 2, comes up. Jalen Wirtz is the new pitcher. Jalen Wirtz is going to jog in, and Jack Julian's going to be done after he pitched two scoreless, got an out, so two and a third, but now has scored three or allowed three runs, all earned off five hits. Leaves the game walking two. One strikeout leads two in the scoring position, allowed a double, face 15. We'll give you the numbers on Works, the new pitcher, when we return. Pitching change time here in Auburn, Alabama, with Auburn leading and at the plate on top of middle by a score of 10-0. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. At Ascension St. Thomas, care is more than a word. Care is serving our patients, standing with them in times of need, and showing compassion when they're at their most vulnerable. Care is listening and delivering personalized plans from a team of specialists, providing leading-edge treatments at every step. At Ascension St. Thomas, care is more than a word. It's our calling. Make your next appointment at GetSTHealthCare.com. Today's game is brought to you in part by proud partners of Blue Raider Athletics, Granison Associates, certified public accountants. They provide a full range of tax preparation, accounting, and bookkeeping services for both business and individual needs. That's Granison Associates. Give them a call at 615-895-1040 or visit Granison Associates online at gcpas.com. The Blue Raiders play here. WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna. Five hits, three runs allowed with two left on. And leaving the game allowing two walks, recording just one strikeout. There's only been two total strikeouts in the game so far by Middle Tennessee through Swan and Julian. And now Wirtz comes into the game. Jalen Wirtz only making his second appearance of the season. He does not have an ERA, but has only tossed one inning and batters have hit 400 on him. So his second relief appearance, no saves. It was uh, two hits, one run unearned, though, against him first time up, a strikeout. He did not walk a batter, no wild pitches in his first. Jalen Wirtz. Freshman from Gallatin, Station Camp High School. Can he get the Blue Raiders out of the third, trailing 10-0 here at Auburn, facing a left-handed hitter? The righty works. Fastball for a strike. Got a piece of it. He's working on Cam Hill. Lead runner is Brooks Carlson. He's at third. Bryson Ware now behind him at second, coming off the RBI double for the Tigers. Right two on the middle of the rubber. He'll stride in. Swing and a miss. Boy, stuff looks good. Nasty breaking ball at 77. Auburn is 
Scored 10 after pounding out 11. Put up a seven spot in the first. Now three added here in the bottom of the third. Fouled high to the left. We'll stay at a 0-2 count. Against Cam Hill. Six foot five, tall lefty. He does not have a hit. A strikeout and a fly to left. Swung on. Strikeout. Welcome to the game. Jalen Wirtz faces one in the third, but not a good inning. Eight come to the plate for Auburn. Five hits, three runs. No errors, two left on in scoring position. And we have finally put three behind us. We head to the fourth. It is Middle Tennessee. JT Mabry leading off two, three, and four. Come to the plate when we return to Auburn. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. What do you think of when you hear community, integrity, commitment, tradition, and partners? The folks at Sodexo know it's family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. The people we live with, work with, share our world with, and the fans we love to serve. Sodexo is community. It's a community of more than 200 employees and nonprofit volunteers and the thousands of fans we serve at MTSU. Sodexo is a community of people who are committed to enhancing your game day experience. Sodexo, proud server of your game day concession needs and proud to serve the Blue Raiders. The flagship station for Blue Raider Sports, WGNS. JT Mabry will lead off. First time up was a ground out left side for a 5-4-3 double play. He's got a three-game hit streak on the line. It'll go Mabry, Coker, and Spears. And a long way to come from behind here in the middle game. 10-0 is the deficit for Middle Tennessee. The Raiders bringing a 5-9 record in, but a 10-8 victory in game one against Auburn. Middle Tennessee's bats got to work early two nights ago, ending a seven-game win streak for the Tigers. Tommy Sheehan, first reliever in the game for Auburn, takes the mound again. Belted out towards left, taken for a ride. Mabry, that's going to bounce off the wall on the in-cut left center. And it's a leadoff double for Mabry, extending his hit streak to four. If there is a bullseye to hit without getting one out of the park, it's right at that 335 mark out in the left. That's where the big green monster wall ends and then takes kind of a 45-degree angle cut out into a deeper part of the alley. Makes the park here a little bit unique. Fenway-esque. So runner at second for Auburn, uh, for Middle Tennessee as Auburn comes up, double play depth at second. Brett Coker, pop fouled at first, and fouls at first base side again. First time he's facing lefty Sheehan, though, he popped against Joseph Gonzalez. Gonzalez only pitched the first. Auburn starter called for some medical help. 
while he was facing the second batter, and he stayed in the game and ended up only facing three. And then with Auburn's bats, sending 12 to the plate in the first and already not feeling well, they went to Sheehan between innings. Top of the fourth, 10-0 Auburn, Middle Tennessee at the plate. Mabry just led off with a double. Coker shares the RBI lead with eight. He's at the plate. Catcher goes outside, and it's fouled on another late swing by Coker in the air over the first base grandstands. He does hit 364, though, with runners in scoring position, which is why he shares the team-high eight ribbies off 13 hits. Four doubles, three home runs. Sorry. One double. Speck on the screen. Cutting slider downstairs, 2-2. Just avoided the punch out, did Coker. On the season, 10 Ks has only earned four walks. The ratio as a team's not been good. Coming in, it was 104 to 40. Strikeouts to free passes. Throwing back behind at second, and if the catch is made by Foster, that would have been an out, but it comes out of the glove. Middle Tennessee's already been thrown behind once. Jared Vitato, the true freshman who led the third with a walk, got thrown out at first after a home plate strikeout. Middle Tennessee trying to get the zeros off the board for the first time. Top of the fourth down, 10 nothing. Pitch comes. Straight away center field, drifting to Howell. Middle Tennessee's going to fake the tag up. Shortstop cut it off, and there's one away, bringing up Mason Spears. He has the only other hit of the game for Middle Tennessee this afternoon. Catcher number 23, Mason Spears. He let off with a single through the left side of the second. Now his second appearance. Here's the kick, just outside. Sheehan holding the ball exposed out behind his left thigh. The lefty now comes set in the glove, draws it out and fires and misses on the same side of the plate. Outside to the righty Spears. A couple of pitches that most games Auburn fans would probably complain and say blue, but with a 10-0 lead, not so much today here in the fourth. It's been all Tigers here in the middle game of the series. Infield rotates to third. Taken upstairs, three balls, no strikes. Spears with the other hit. Is Auburn perhaps pitching around him to set up a double play with one gone and a runner at second? Bryson Thomas is looming in the lineup, and Sanders had a good game one. He's on deck. Wow. Look down and outside and call the strike. 
Usually three O's down the middle. That looked way off the plate. The wide. High to the right, foul. Now we're to full count. After three balls, no strikes. Mason Spears now sharing the pressure with Tommy Sheehan, the pitcher for Auburn. If you call it pressure, it's more of a battle. I think the war already heavily weighted towards Auburn with a 10-0 lead here. Top of the fourth. Here's the wind. Sheehan. That's hit out high to right center. Climbing. Out goes Howell to the wall. Howell makes a leap. That ball's caught. Home run. He came down, looked in his glove, almost as if he thought he had it. Mason Spears is two for two, and he's just belted a two-run shot. And just like that, Middle Tennessee is on the board. It's time to go home. Old South Properties, Tennessee's favorite home builder and official home builder of MTSU, is this season's home run sponsor. Second home run of the series, 12th of the year for Middle Tennessee. And Mason Spears is just taking one out of the park for his second bomb of the season. was at about the 380 mark, if you're wondering. And the second extra base hit of the frame. So that cuts it to eight. Is that insurmountable? Well, the starter is not in the game for Auburn. Fouled back. And if you go back to Friday night, this is the same Middle Tennessee ball club that put up 10 in a two-run victory to take game one. Anything's possible. Nathan Sanders has driven in eight. And, man, he was really good Friday night. Single double and a two-run blast of his own. Drove in three for the evening. Flew out to center field first time up in this game. He's ahead two balls and a strike. With Bryson Thomas, who had a double Friday night on deck. So a lefty up for the Blue Raiders. That's going to drop in front of the second baseman. So hard to judge. He waited, fired him down, though. 4-3 put out Foster to Hill. Two hits, two runs, including a blast by Spears. And through three and a half. Actually, two and two-thirds. It is Middle Tennessee trailing by eight. Now Sanders. Thought that was going to pay off the way it spun. Foster was playing back on it and then came forward. At third, diving attempt. Rambus climbs and fires. All cross on the long throw. So a couple of ground outs. Two hits, two runs. Spears with a two-run homer after Mabry led with a double. Now we move to the bottom of the fourth, where Middle Tennessee is trailing in the game by a score of 10-2. Auburn's bringing up the bottom of their order. 7-8-9, Brody Moore leads off the Tigers. When we return, you're listening to the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. put away some drinks, put away your keys. 
bands don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's a new season. Get ready for more men's and women's college sports excellence. Trophies will be awarded in June to schools who take the top spot in the 2021-22 Learfield Directors' Cup. The premier award recognizes one winning institution in all competitive divisions. Follow your favorite team's progress as seasonal standings are announced at L Directors' Cup on Twitter and online at directorscup.org. The crowning achievement in college athletics. Blue Raiders on News Radio WGNS. Well, a somewhat fun top of the fourth. A couple of extra base hits are always nice. And it was JT Mabry with a leadoff double. And then Spears just clearing the wall out in right center for a two run shot. And now Auburn's going to send. Brody Moore to the plate. We told you about a pretty good story on Friday night. We'll tell you about it again here in a second. The right-hander, second generation. Spears leans outside. Ooh, that one comes back in near the head. Jalen Wirtz, a little slip on that one. Righty to righty is your matchup. Auburn sends 7-8-9 to the plate in the home half of the fourth. A high hopper, Lopez. Midway up in the dirt, puts the ump into it, fires it down, 6-3 put out, and the first batter retired. Brody Moore, whose dad, Brandon Moore, was all SEC infielder at Auburn in the early 90s, and Brody Moore, who just grounded out, is now wearing his dad's number. Didn't do that first three years. And Cole Foster. RBI single and ground out against Jack Julian. Correction against Wirtz. Cole Foster. Switch hitter. Batting left against a righty, and it's high infield top. Middle Tennessee needs this out. Mabry came halfway to the dirt, takes a couple of steps back on the right side, makes the grab by his left shoulder, and there's two outs here in the fourth. Jake Wyatt. A hit and an RBI, different times. Walked in the first with bases loaded, then singled out to right in the third. So he's at the plate for the third time this afternoon, and his Auburn Tigers are up 10-2. Another infield pop. Mabry calls off the first baseman, and he'll make the grab again by his left shoulder. And the inning's over. That was an efficient low pitch inning for Jalen Wirtz. Three up, three down. No hits, no runs. Nothing gets out of the infield. And we've played four. So, can Middle Tennessee continue the momentum? They got two runs back at the top of the fourth as we move to the fifth. And it's Middle Tennessee bringing seven, eight, and nine. Jackson Galloway leads off when we return to Auburn. This is the Blue Raider Network from Learfield. 
Any way you slice it, your game day won't be complete without soft, delicious bunny bread and bunny buns, an official corporate partner of Blue Raider Athletics. Whether you're watching with friends, cheering in the stands, or tuning in at home, count on Bunny to help strike out hunger and give you energy. So pick up some bunny buns and bunny bread today. It's sure to be a home run. That's what I said. Will Fraley, attorney at law, has experience you can count on. Former Blue Raider baseball player and MTSU alum Will Fraley serves Murfreesboro and the surrounding communities. Put a strong and experienced legal fighter on your case. Give Will Fraley a call and he can handle all of your legal matters, including criminal and domestic or family law. Visit WillFraleyLaw.com or call 615-410-7290. 